0: Jurassic Unicorn.
1: Yeah, 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 Welcome to Jurassic Unicorn, June for short, a show about developing relationships with creativity. I'm Brian. And I'm Race. Let's get this conversation going. Is diet better than the original? Yeah. That's what they say, right? It's a lot so. better. Okay, so artificial sweetener. Yeah. They take like a sugar molecule that uh, you find in nature. And so they will go through a chemical process and they'll like switch it. You'll still taste sweet, but when it gets into your stomach, you've got these things called enzymes or they are these proteins and they're floating around, they're floating around and they find like a a glucose molecule or they find a sugar or they find something and they have, they like, think of it like a catcher's glove to where they're perfectly fit to like have this molecule lock into them and they'll lock to it. And they have all these like little holes and gaps for like the little, hydrogens to kind of stick in and get stuck. And then they will kind of, once it sticks to it, they'll kind of bend and it breaks the molecule apart. And so when you put an art, you know, artificial sweetener, the whole strategy is you just change the shape. So they plop into your stomach and there's no enzymes that can like stick onto them. It's like throwing a baseball. If your glove is turned the opposite direction and just hits the back of your hand, (laughs) it just bounces off. And so this molecule you, in your tongue, you, you get all of the sensation of sweetness. When it hits your stomach, there are no enzymes that can actually grab it and break it down and then get absorbed into your body. So it stays whole and you just pass it. That's like the whole concept behind artificial sugars and sweeteners and stuff like that.
0: How do you know so much about this?
1: Yeah. Pre-dental uh <laughs> <laughs> my four years undergrad really? going into a non-design degree, but uh lots of chemistry. It was really fascinating. amazing. But one thing that's really yeah just floored me about biology and chemistry that I really loved um, is that at the fundamental level, it's so much more about like mechanical like fitting into things like just like your shape is compatible with this shape and they lock together or I can't pass through that membrane because I'm too big and there's not a, and there's not like a hole big enough for me to get through um, in your. In your cells there's actually like a little turbine called atp synthase that spins around literally because hydrogen flows through this little turbine like channel like a dam literally like a dam and so your cell your mitochondria pumps out hydrogen onto one side of the mitochondria and that creates a a a gradient potential which makes it want to flood back into the cell because when when things are like um unequally distributed they want to equal out and the way they can pass through is through this little tunnel in your cell membrane in the mitochondria and this atp synthase this little this little hole is a turbine and they come flooding through this little hole and by flooding through it it causes this thing to spin mechanically and that fuels other uh process that, that it's actually a major part of uh, cellular respiration and, and developing energy so you can move your body um there's there's it's, oh it's insane so i'm like <laughs> i'm like in chemistry and biology i'm like wow there's like this is it's all like physical. I mean, a lot of mm. it's just literally like little machines. <laughs> Diet Coke, man. And there you have it. That's Diet
0: Coke. But wow. you know, how do you remember all that though? I, I you learned that years ago.
1: Yeah, that was and uh you've retained it. Man, 2023, 20 years ago, 24. Um, it was kind of mind blowing. You have more storage in your hard drive than I do. That is for sure. Well, in a previous episode, we talked a lot about like sketching uh-huh. and, and drawing to remember. And so I use that a lot too in college. I, uh, I drew those processes out several times. So the way that you're, you're describing it, that actually exists in art. Yeah. I, I've got a journal that has just pictures and pictures of all these processes. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was drawing like the kidney and then zooming in and drawing like you know, the whole process of filtration and everything and, yeah. and uh you know all the different kind of parts of anatomy. That is true though. I I guess the my mental storage, anything that's
0: sketched out is, you know, a lot easier. Yeah, it's easier to access. It exists still. I'm sure the other stuff exists somewhere, but those connections haven't been made in a while. So they're
1: yeah. Atrophied, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and I, I you know, I think about the the concept of artificial you know, artificial sweetener and stuff like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so it doesn't appear naturally. You have to chemically create it. Yeah. You know, and it, it has a very kind of a negative connotation behind it. You know, this whole idea of artificial. Yeah. it It is a weird word. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. something that's pretty relevant today. Um, you know, we hear a lot about it, uh, is artificial intelligence. Yes. You know, and I kind of think like there's, here's yet another thing that, um, this this kind of process that humans, I guess, are inventing. I, I was kind of wondering what is what does artificial really mean? Yeah. In that sense, is it because it can't uh, self replicate? It can't self heal. Is it because it doesn't follow cellular cellular respiration? It doesn't like you know you look at almost all life and it's built off this these building blocks of you know DNA of either plant or animal cells. We kind of yeah. have very similar mechanisms, and then all of a sudden you have like. Transistors and you know circuit boards. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's kind of just mechanics. I mean, you look at the cell, Mm -hmm. look at the mitochondria, and there's just a lot of mechanics going on. It's just carbon and hydrogen instead of, you know, silicone and you know they're all on the periodic table. So I was just kind of wondering, like, okay, it's different than us, but I I won't debate artificial. We need that distinguishment right now, but it it is a fascinating, yeah concept though
0: is, is what really is artificial mm-hmm. you know at what, what what point are you know what our process is basically that of a machine and and where does the the line really exist if it does at all and you know we we try to hold on so closely to our biology and the systems that we kind of hold dear and the things we've explored and you know written papers on and documented throughout the years but at the end of the day you know what if we are just these Really unique looking machines. I know it's all the same thing going on. You know, we
1: we we have <laughs> a we've advanced beyond our, our complexity has gone beyond our ability and awareness to kind of understand where it all began, mm-hmm. and so at that point, you develop kind of this whole idea of oh, I'm like I'm a free thinker, yeah. But, but maybe if you really traced it back, and if you, you could really see, you'd be like, oh no, I'm predictable. Um. But yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um. You know. And then, and then what are you? What what's left of you if if
0: your thoughts are predictable? If if it's something that can be mapped out and replicated? I mean, what are you? Yeah. What's I, left?
1: And I don't claim any of this is true, but I do <laughs> claim that the the whole it makes sense why a lot of people are very interested in this topic. Why it can create excitement. Um. There's mm-hmm. all this amazing potential. It can create a lot of fear. It can create existentialism. I mean, there's all sorts oh, of yeah. responses uh, from the, the artificial kind of intelligence idea. I mean, what do you guys see over at the university? Yeah. Well, the, in our specific degree, it's something that
0: it's been talked about, you know, ever since we were there, actually, you know, we had uh, a few professors up there that would talk about AI and, you know, it's, um, there's kind of this futurist mentality to it. And, you know, eventually it'll reach singularity and and take over everything. And, you know, we'll have to question our humanity and what we are and what happens on the backside of it. And I think a lot of times those are fun exercises. Mm-hmm. I heard, I can't remember where I heard this, but someone said this. This is not my thought, uh, that uh <laughs> AI is basically like religion for nerds. <laughs> because there's more to it than that, but it's, it's kind of like this, this dream of a, of a better time, a a dream of when things really change is this, you know, AI becomes kind of something like a God that can come in and, and, and take all those who don't believe and, you know, push them into the caves and all those who believe in the technology will rise above. And, you know, it's, it's like, there's a little (laughs) bit of that with some of the futurist talk, you know? Sure. Why do anything when AI will take over all of us? We will not have jobs and there will be nothing left of any of us. Why do anything but sit on a couch and Mm. eat Doritos, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the case, but it's kind of part of that same, you know, fantastic Mm. message that uh, I think can over. It, it it takes this really interesting, very relevant topic and it blows it up into something that's kind of over the top, you know? And, sure. And I don't know if that's super healthy for a lot of people. I think a lot of people like the ideating and it, it's fun to be a futurist once in a while to just mm-hmm. live in that world. And what if, what if, what if, I think you have to have those, those, that's a creative thought process, right? And, and they're exciting to kind of talk about, but I think if you You live so much in the future and if you if you if that's where your identity truly exists i think it can be kind of bad for your present eventually
1: you know there's a lot of things that'll yank you out of the present and kind of force you into like if i do these things i'll get to this future and it's great to have like dreams vision like kind of see where you're where you're heading but it's so important to be able to stay connected in the now you know, I, I think about it and I'm like, I have a lot of different feelings around AI, Mm -hmm. you know, my whole life. And I'm sure pretty much most of humanity, you know, life has been about survival. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, you know, I can, you know, survival, isn't me, you know, going out with a spear and spearing huge animals that can, you know, take me out and it's like kill or be killed. You know survival is me working as a ux director Mm. very creative i'm using my creativity to also survive which is kind of a cool thing because it's enjoyable it's it's you know it's i feel like it's self-actualizing yeah um very satisfying and you know one of the things that i think about is like oh crap ais can come in and maybe they can do my job better than i can shoot i mean my whole my whole paradigm has been around I need to use creativity and things to be able to, to be happy and survive and provide. And so maybe there's some fears around that. I know I have a couple. Yeah. I, I share the same fears, you know,
0: it's my background, loving characters and, and uh, doing concept art and, and doing art direction and being able to I guess the thing that I always would pride myself on is is to be able to ideate and and kind of take uh research and and being able to reference things but then to work against that a little bit and try to come up with something new or maybe slightly innovative and and that's always kind of a goal, but always something that um I felt like I could do and then also when you're bringing a client's vision to life you know based on their notes based on their little sketches on a napkin uh that's also something that's really rewarding and now you've got especially you know within this last year there's been some ai art generators where basically you just type in you know a few words and then it'll just snap throw something out at you yeah but they basically take a text prompt and they put it into they give you a visual so if you're if you're a producer, if you're a director, if you're, if you're someone who has the funds to develop the story, even a writer, right. You can basically just kind of type in everything that you'd want a concept artist to do. And it'd give you something to, to start off with, you know? Um, now I will say that I did some, some research on job availability for concept artists just after all of this sort of kicked off and was being used. And, um, there's actually more jobs than there were a year ago for concept art, mm. which I thought was kind of interesting, and and so I'm I'm kind of in this mindset of I do think it will change things, sure, and I think it has already, but I think it's just going to allow for more options, and a lot of times you know you have to understand that it, this is machine learning, this is like stage one of AI, and machine learning. Is basically it can only really do what it's seen or what it's learned from. Yeah, and because of that, there's still opportunities to to maybe you know synthesize some other things, different combinations, different ideas, and so I think what it'll do is it'll take. There's a lot in in art, in a lot of things. There's kind of this copycat mentality. Someone does something well, you study it, you basically perform a task that's similar, you, you kind of replicate it and then you can kind of find your own style within that, you know, after a series of of replicating others.
1: And, and that's kind of like acceptable, right? I mean, yeah, you're being inspired by others. It's not stealing. No. When humans do it. Yeah. It,
0: yeah. It, that's the thing is if you steal from two, <laughs> three, four or five sources, <laughs> and then that combination sort of gives you your, your voice then you become that voice, you know, but that's basically what everyone's been doing for years. And then sometimes you have to ask yourself, it's like, what's the difference? You know, you've got a machine
1: that can do it now, but have
0: you as an artist really been doing anything different? You know,
1: the thing I really love is like, maybe it's just insult to injury, but when you see like in some AI generated art, you'll look down the corner and there'll be this mangled little scribble. And it's like, oh, those are all of the signatures that AI also learned. And it thought, oh, pictures need this little thing down here. And so it made an AI signature, but it's really just, it's like, okay, well, you took my picture and my signature yeah. and, and you <laughs> globbed it up and with, mixed it with 60 other signatures. And that's exactly. the AI signature. I love it.
0: Yeah, that, that's there. <laughs> they don't know why it's there, but they're going to throw it in there, damn it. you know.
1: It, it's not even letters. It's just, it's literally just a wad of. You know, line and little yeah, it's well, awesome. Well, that's
0: what's amazing though, is when when you really sit and look at the art, a lot of the reason why it looks so dang good is it follows design principles, you know? It has good composition, it has good yeah. visual balance, it has good um hierarchy as far as the primary, secondary, and tertiary. So it's it's building that into the work. It's 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 got a usually has a great color scheme. It's it's color harmony is is usually spot on, right? And a lot of different styles can use that, you know, and and take it in different ways, but it's all kind of off of the same foundation. But some of the best artwork actually just has a bunch of scribbles for those tertiary details. It's like the machine knows that it doesn't matter what is on this helmet of this Viking, as long as there's, you know, we we've, we're referencing filigree and different things. But the machine just looks at it as, as a bunch of scribbles. It's like, and it actually looks pretty good, you know, and then all of a sudden you start to realize that oh it actually kind of takes you back to your fundamentals a little bit more and you don't have to sit there and when you're doing concept art spend so much time on some of these areas you can Mm. actually kind of follow you know the ai's move there and it's teaching us a little bit for me anyway it, it seems like there's there's kind of a core fundamental that you can kind of extract from it and actually makes processing art a little bit quicker you know so yeah ai ai can learn from us but maybe we can also learn from ai and maybe it's just another artist in the mix and you know that's another voice to to bring the party but
1: do you find that people are generally like receptive to it and excited about it do they feel more apprehension about it it's it's mixed and I think that the mix comes from
0: where you're at as an artist if you're a technician like you've spent a lot of time refining your craft it takes a while to really mm-hmm. learn how to like let's say digitally paint right and make a, a wonderful work of art that you've you know it's the tools you have to get used to it's the applications um it's the the color theory or sorry all of the design principles that you've learned there's that implementation and and it needs to be put into your mental library for you to be able to just knock stuff out so there's kind of like this research and analysis side and then the production side and then the more you do the more you can kind of stay in the production side because a lot of that just sort of exists in your library right um so I think those students have a really hard time with it, or those artists, I should say, just in general, because it feels like they've worked so hard to achieve sure. this level, and this stupid machine can just like knock it out something better in a minute or two, and that's yeah. frustrating. On the other side of it, creative folks that are, are writers or, or dreamers that have these crazy ideas in their head, and and they just don't have the Technical ability—they're—they're probably pretty good at art, but it takes them a a while to achieve something. Um, They haven't really refined that craft, that craftsmanship of being able to pull something out. They tend to love it because you know, art directors really enjoy it because they don't have to necessarily hire a team to get that message across. They can, you know, spend eight hours generating all of these images and really capture the Mm. visual language that they want for a product. And so, for them, it, it. i think it really opens up the doors you know i think for people that are writing books and and have this world in their head and they can go and generate all these images it's it's a really great way to to communicate their idea and, in a more functional way and so i think that it's just mixed you know and you see that in the community is um art stations' kind of a big portfolio place for a lot of you know concept artists and 3d artists and you see that some some people just despise ai you sure. know and they they have the thumbnails have this big, no AI" you know, uh, image up there. Yeah. And, um, and then some people are just like, yeah, well I use it, but it helps me generate all these ideas. And then, but you have to sit back and and ask yourself like, what's the, where's the art. Yeah. What are you uncovering there? You know? And it's like, I think you'll always have art because art's really about the person, you know, in a lot of ways there's, there's kind of like that client based art, which is you know, concept art for, for a prompt that you've been given. Right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of art is, is more kind of personal and it's this quest and it's, it's sort of this process of creation. And, and that's something that no one can really take away from you, even the, these little AI bots and nor should it when it comes to making money off it, that becomes a little bit different challenge. But I know a lot of concept artists that are using AI, um, something like mid Journey, and then they go and get kind of this sample. And the cool thing about AI is it takes you most of the way there. You bring that into Photoshop and then you make it your own. You know, you got the composition. You don't have to really think through that. <laughs> you got the great color palette to work off of. And then it, it becomes you now taking it to that next level and and maybe adding more character to it, more personality, you know, better
1: context, relatability to what you're doing. Well, I, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a UX designer and... Yeah, it's like I've got more ideas in my brain than I have, you know, the ability to ever kind of manifest. Mm-hmm. And there's bottlenecks in the process. There are things that take a long, long time. And time is a limited resource that we have as as human beings. We have so much time when we're kind of viable in the marketplace, you mm-hmm. know. And um, it's interesting that you could use AI to sort of reduce... The, the bottlenecks and get more ideas out. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's kind of a positive unless you're the person who's developing, you know, software and that's the bottleneck or you're, you're doing concept art and that's the bottleneck or you're, 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 you're building all these compositions and that's your um that's what you do for a job, you know? Yeah. So, and when we live still in a, a kind of a, a token market society where we transfer goods and services for, you know, other yeah. goods and services, Yeah, uh, it, it is pretty risky when all of a sudden like uh, your profession is gone. There's kind of two, I think there's two things there. I think there's the profession aspect, like how do I survive? Mm-hmm. And then there's the creative, like, how do I find, you know, meaning in life? How do I find self-actualization? And they're kind of mixed a lot today. And, yeah. you know, if AI comes in and it says, Hey, I can do the, um, you know, I can, I can actually help society run. You don't have to spend your time toiling. I can do the work. Yeah. The, the question then is like, okay, is it still rewarding to be creative if I'm not being like becoming rich off of it? Or, you know, mm. like, can I separate the two and can I still say, yes, I know that AI can do way better than I can. you know. Th- I can't no one, no human being maybe can can generate art as as well as AI at some point in the future. Yeah. But do we still do it because it's it it changes and it stops being about being the best at it? And, and maybe for some people it's not. I'm, I'm sure it is, isn't. Um, but you know, it it turns into I do this because I'm alive. Yeah. And I don't care if I could say this into a chat bot and they could do it Yeah. ten, ten times better. I do it because my, my meanness needs to make a thing. Yeah. You know, cause I can't imagine, again, we talked about like, what happens when we get everything we want and let's just say we, we, we move hundred years into the future and all of a sudden, like, we don't really have to do a lot of work because we have all these amazing, you know, assuming AI hasn't taken over everything and annihilated us and, <laughs> and whatnot, we're just sitting around doing nothing. It's like, oh, all right. We're bored as hell. Or Dennis yeah. still, for no reason, probably work. Absolutely.
0: Uh, wh- why do children still use crayons to draw little monsters? You know, is yeah. it, is it the most, um, it, you know, accessible? Probably, you know, but I think even if they had their options, let's say they had this digital device, you know, it would be interesting to see kind of what they gravitate towards. And, and I've seen it with my own kids. They, We have digital tools available. They can go and and paint on an iPad, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Photoshop's everywhere. Uh, But then they choose to craft in the garage with crude elements, you know, and it's not just at that level. You also see that in music. You've, You've heard the term overproduced, you know. Um, a lot of music is overproduced. It all sounds basically the same and in in I think for a lot of audiences, it's it's mainstream and it's awesome and wonderful and it works. But then you you typically will see these peaks of artists that are just a little bit more raw, a little bit more original. You saw that with um, you know, people on TikTok and Instagram posting videos of them just sitting in their room with an acoustic guitar just being raw, you know. And and not everything's perfect. Even the mics aren't that good, and and sometimes those are the things that really kickstart their career. You know, twenty years later they might be overproduced and kind of be caught in that trap. But there's kind of this this purity zone where they're they're mm-hmm. just kind of humans, and and people humans like humans. They like the mistakes that humans make. Yeah, and. It's with writing. Um, I've, you know, seen poems that are not perfect and maybe even some of the grammar's off a little bit. And, but because of the content, because of how hard it hits, it's, it becomes
1: better than anything that's, you know, thought through a little bit too much. What if, like, um, what if, uh, you know, right now there's a lot of kind of seeking for perfection. Mm-hmm. What if AI kind of, you know, takes care of perfection for us and now all of a sudden, like, we seek after the flawed? And because, humans yeah. now it's like what becomes really like priceless is like finding a really creative way to flaw something just to, yeah. to prove its humanity. And, and somehow that's like on a different level yeah. than this perfect artificial, wonderful thing that makes society run, but it's not human. And yeah. now, now, you know, like everyone, I, I mean, we we do tear holes in our jeans and things like that but, that are pretty cool. But yeah, you see, you see it in fashion
0: too. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, holes in the jeans. That, yeah. that's that's actually, uh, you know the the rise against an AI, uh, yeah. rise against a perfection. Um, you remember Minecraft? <laughs> I mean, how how could anyone not remember it? Still uh, super relevant.
1: It's still happening.
0: But you, you're probably with me. We were in a time where. We saw the console industry really rise through the 90s and Mm -hmm. the the early, you know, thousands. And we saw this, it was graphics. It was always about chasing the graphics. Oh, I I know.
1: When you you see the next graphics, those graphics are amazing.
0: Atari was, you know, one of the the OGs and then Nintendo and, and, you know, and they were
1: all so bad;
0: they were horrible. But, but but you were like, "Oh my gosh, this is insane!" Super Nintendo comes yeah. out, and you go, "This is it's
1: like eight bit, like. sixteen bit." What?
0: <laughs> I remember N sixty four. There's a football. There's a Madden game on there. My dad, what game you watch? And he thought we were watching an actual football game. <laughs> and and at the time, I was like, "Yeah, right, Dad. Like real. This is." Awesome. And, and then you look at it now and you go, yeah. how did, <laughs> how did anybody <laughs> think that was real? But that was, that's part of it. So we were kind of like graphic chasers. Right. And yeah. then there was a point where a triple A games were insane and, and ser- going for that high fidelity and realism. And it never quite looked right. still doesn't quite, you know, the okay. mouth still the old uncanny Valley. Yeah. The mouth still doesn't work properly, you know, but yeah. But we were, we were always excited about the next thing. And all of a sudden Minecraft came out and it uses this little pixely block. Yeah. Just these, it, it was, I remember seeing that for the first time and I was almost offended. Like how, what, why would anyone these choose to play? This? Yeah. <laughs> these graphics are horrible. And. You know, you start to realize that that was because that was the style. That was what they were going for. There was something kind of pure with it. They didn't have to chase and, and do this triple A, you know, high frequency detail. They were just kind of crude and kind of went back to the basics. It was mm-hmm. almost some nostalgia coming through as yeah, well. Some charm in in that, yeah, totally. And, and the thing is, is it was more about the gameplay. It was more about just what it was trying to achieve and this this idea of crafting and, and discovery yeah. and you know, and story. And in, it just, it kind of reminds me of that's the, the core foundation of, of creation and, mm. and human and, you know, art just kind of in general. And so I think that AI is going to play a little bit of that game. And, you know, I, I think that it'll just kind of show that, that it can kind of take care of this other thing, but I don't think it's going to take the human out of, you know, the,
1: the stuff that we do. It's not going to take us out of, of what we do. What we create i think uh, minecraft it's not like it took a step backwards because it chose a different fidelity or a different style for its design it's -hmm. still it was still taking a step forward i mean it's a really fascinating game um Mm -hmm. obviously people found creative opportunity and you know explored that thing to the max you can go in there and find you know like a i don't know star trek ship you can walk in that's like to scale or something um, people have created so much artwork in it and, and it's like the constraints almost created a welcoming environment to work within mm-hmm. because this, the constraints were simple Yeah, and it's not about so much fidelity. And I, and I agree uh, growing up in the nineties and the, the, the two thousands fidelity was a huge thing. You know, the graphic quality was like, because I guess that was so new and that was what was, you know, we'd never seen before yeah um but once we'd seen it people kind of said okay picking the fidelity doesn't really mean i'm picking the quality of the design or quality of the creation it just means i'm picking a fidelity and i'm picking a style and what i'm really doing is creating an open environment for people to express themselves in or something that was kind of the novel thing about minecraft but yeah like uh, when i think about the concept of what is perfect art or perfect whether that's writing or you know painting or engineering there's probably a lot of wiggle room there and a lot of subjective kind of space there really isn't mhm you know it's it's not really what it's about yeah um you just pick a pick a fidelity pick a stop pick something that speaks to you and you go express yourself expression doesn't need to end just cuz ai can artificially express something yeah and it doesn't have to be judged as better or worse. It's just your expression. Yeah. And that's kind of the humanity of it all. Exactly. Um, I think one thing that's a little scary is uh, when we think about the fact that today, livelihoods and survival is tied to our, you know, our work and our endeavors. Mm-hmm. It's not just expression. Um, AI rolling out kind of slowly. So like, let's say in 50 years, none of us do any work. It's all, we're just, we're just expressing ourselves. Life's life's amazing. AI is doing all Mm -hmm. the hard stuff. Let's just assume that happens. Um, But on that journey to get there in 2025, maybe a lot of the the graphic design gets taken care of. But then you have 95% of the workforce still working. Then you have 5% kind of sitting around saying, well, I've been replaced. And then, mm-hmm. uh, then maybe it's the the writers and then eventually the software engineers, but it, it happens slowly yeah. b- before, before society has realized, Hey, we don't need to work anymore. So for like two or three decades, you got a bunch of people out of work trying to figure out what the heck do I do with my life? Like, how do I survive? Mm-hmm. And then eventually you get all this, like, you know, governments figure it out and they, and they, they pass all these laws and, and now everyone's on like AI welfare, you know, and and you're paid for and you just go live your life in this new paradigm or whatever. I'm just goofing around here, but, but like today right now, that Mm -hmm. feels scary because there is no like, um, safety net. Yeah, Like right now, everyone's just, we're just basically potentially eliminating work that I used to rely on. And so until it happens enough to enough of the masses to where, Oh, we need to actually create support for humans still, mm-hmm. I feel like it can be a little scary. Yeah. It's it's the slowness of which the conversion happens that's scary. If you're on the front line, if your stuff's the first to be kind of experimented with and removed, yeah. Then what do you do? Yeah. No, I that's a
0: genuine fear. I do believe that creative jobs are going to be the jobs of the future. You know, I think a lot of the stuff that Um, are pretty easy to do. If a robot can, can replicate it, it Mm -hmm. will, it will get replaced eventually. Um, And then I think it also gives us an opportunity to look at what creativity is. And uh, I remember being in the sign business years ago and some of our best banners were a white background with red text, you know, and usually it was the, the impact typeface that was the most exciting. Right. So you would, um, or sorry, the impact font was the most, you know, sought after for those banners and it was red on white and everyone had one and they were kind of cheap to produce. And then we realized that at some point everyone in town had a white banner with this red text with this
1: specific font. Right.
0: And then you you realize that it was not effective anymore.
1: Lost its impact, impact, the irony.
0: Yeah. So we, we were kind of masters at this one type of banner, right? <laughs> and then when everyone, I remember driving down the road and it was like, do do we did that one and that one. And I'm like, wait a minute. If all of these are the same, <laughs> no one's looking at them because nothing's yeah. standing out, you know?
1: We're all desensitized.
0: Yeah. And then it was actually crazy, but we actually started tilting the banners. We would take the same banner, but then we tilt it and just tilting it would actually start to pull the attention to it. So you'd have seven or eight banners that were That's all the same hilarious. and one was
1: tilted. So you now charge a little extra for tilting.
0: <laughs> I don't know if we did. Maybe. Um, actually, it might be less because it was easier to install. <laughs> you just
1: kind of throw it up. <laughs> you have to try and have to measure. <laughs> you
0: no, know, you just kind of like, yeah, put it wherever it felt good. But that was always interesting. I mean, it wasn't just that one time there was... Um, there was very much these trends that kind of came in and everyone would see someone else's banner or sign and they go, Oh, I want that. And they'd copy each other, you know, these business owners. And it, and it's, it still, it just kept going. Graphic design in general has hit trends and it just does this. It's like the clothing you were talking about too. It kind of comes back and goes away. And so it really does kind of put if, if AI goes through and, and can perfect what you basically tell it to do, right. Or what you show needs to be done. There's always going to be this, this sort of creative uh, conflict that will occur and they need human
1: beings to be able to pull into this other direction. And, and I know this is kind of opens us up to, to explore new frontiers, right? Yeah. And,
0: and, and what if, you know, throw some crazy ideas out there and some crazy ideas are going to stick but one thing that's kind of interesting is entertainment just in general uh when covid hit we saw you know netflix and and how many companies now have streaming services yeah so the entertainment industry just went insane and a lot of these tools are they do they help all kinds of industries but entertainment is is affected by it quite a bit and uh i keep thinking of it this way even if ai is you know this this starting to take over some of those smaller jobs it actually allows for creations to happen faster and um you probably can get more of them done in a year and what we've kind of seen with just the consuming nature of of human beings on devices you know getting sort of that uh, charge from uh, consuming something it it might just kind of add to this this whole thing and it, it we might get back to maybe our roots and its storytelling you know just with this unique digital implementation and
1: all
0: of a sudden we're not sitting around fires telling stories anymore. We're watching them on the big screen and, you know, our kids are getting up there. This is what I, this is the movie that I made last week and through AI and we get to watch (laughs) that and celebrate that creation, you know?
1: That's true. As human beings, we have, we'll, we have a lot of stake in the game or we have a lot at stake. We don't want to annihilate ourselves. I mean most of, yes. most of us don't. Most of us don't. Most of us don't. You look at the stock market, it goes up and down. Investing in the stock market is I think okay cuz a lot of those people don't want the stock market to fail. Like mm-hmm. it'll have its highs and lows, but it's not going likely going to actually just implode. There's a lot of a lot of intention to keep it healthy. Mm-hmm. You know you think about, again, AI, like humanity doesn't want to be replaced. They do want technology to continue. So there, Mm -hmm. I think it's more like don't make that accidental mistake where you give the AI one extra little bit too much of intelligence to where all of a sudden it becomes self-aware. But I guess all, all I'm saying there is that, yeah, we'll probably modulate it and we'll probably kind of work with it. We'll be like, oh, we're going too far this way. We'll pull it back. Mm. And, uh, but if you think about like, uh, just innovation in general, I think when the camera was kind of being invented, there's probably a lot of artists that were feeling very threatened. People can now take photographs. Yeah. But think about like things like, uh, just revolutions in agriculture or the washboard versus the washing machine. Sit in the fricking river, (laughs) scrubbing your damn shirt on, on a little like, you know, washboard for like seven hours. Yeah. Like how many people, when they got a washing machine, they could spend those seven hours pursuing some creative endeavor. Yeah. And it's all we've been doing like from the dawn of time. We've been finding out how to like factor out the things that take a long time by finding ways to make them go a little quicker, Mm -hmm. which then gives humanity more and more time to discover new things. Exactly. And so maybe AI is just yet another, the next washing machine. Uh, I love, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it can be, it could be. And, you know, you, you see Elon, Elon's uh rocket self-landing and you, you ask yourself, where's that headed? You know, mm-hmm. and you understand that these are the technologies that's empowering a lot of these things. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of mistakes along the way, but it, it it kind of continues this perpetual kind of exploration into the unknown, which is amazing.
0: Absolutely. And you're right. We We've seen this many times before just it, it came in different ways it's it's the washing machine um, it's, it's the camera um after the camera it was actually photoshop you know you remember that oh everything's photoshopped everything's photoshopped and now you're kind of you, you have to know photoshop if you're in that business right right <laughs> so ai is going to be the same thing i think people who remain competitive and continue to profit the way that they are now will it'll just be another tool that they yeah you need to have if you're gonna be doing certain things. You know, concept artists might need to to have a, a subscription to Mid Journey and, and and use that and figure out ways to to maximize their creativity through that tool.
1: But it could be empowering. Yeah. It could absolutely. be like crap, I could output three ideas in a month, not Now I can now output you know, twenty three ideas in a month.
0: Yeah. Maybe you're only working, you know, fifteen hours a week and still pulling in the same income and you can do other creative things or spend more time with your family and build relationships i mean it's it, it's more exciting i think for me than it is scary mm. but but any change mm. is scary so you have to kind yeah. of get through that um another one we haven't really talked about is the, the chat gpt oh shoot yeah we um that one's interesting for school because you know basically you can write a paper and then <laughs> you can write a crappy paper and then run it through this thing, and it'll make it sound like you know you're a professional writer and i I think that the the university is is freaking out a little bit because you know they don't want to you know have their students doing that it, and they I guess they have some ways for you to identify if something has been processed through chat Gpt and so I guess there's ways to kind of govern that, but even then you you question how accurate they are and sure but also you have to also question how much does it really matter and and i was that is a really interesting question <laughs> this thought of we're in school we're we're trained to basically learn your cursive writing yeah <laughs> and and follow a very specific structure mm-hmm. and when you're up there um you know uh, writing your your thesis paper to get your masters or you know uh, whatever you're trying to do there's this um it must be a certain way. It must sort of be the status quo of all those who came before you. And it must have X amount of research, you know, and this research needs to be processed in this way. And you go, at the end of the day, everyone's just copying and they're spending so much time sort of building themselves to just replicate those who came before them. At what point do you go, they're not even them anymore. So why isn't it more the idea that you want to hear, you know, uh, their, their, their own genuine ideas on mm-hmm. the matter, regardless of the format that it's put in. And, you know, maybe that's something that, that these chatbots can also sort of steal is they can kind of come up with their own thing. Um, but you know, at the same time, I don't, I don't know if there's a really, a if you're using it the right way, if you're using it just to make all the grammar sort of check out and the structure to. To align properly you know no
1: i I think it's okay (laughs) i remember yeah in in computer science you know i'm I'm learning c and i'm learning the architecture of a 1980s um you know motherboard because humans can't comprehend the motherboards of today so they they use like a 19 you know late 1980s (laughs) motherboard and and you you're all these professors who have they've grown up through this like you know there were no computers, and then there were the earliest computers. There were punch cards, and they went, you know, and then they're writing in assembly, and they finally are writing in C, just, which is like, I mean, it's amazing. However, I shouldn't probably take an entire course writing C and assembly and everything in 2023. May I guess maybe, but at some point, um, it is awesome that we came from the that's those are our roots, and I think that's important to know. But what's really going to take us into the future you know no one's writing i mean unless you're writing really deep embedded or integrated systems not you know i guess maybe there's plenty of people there but that wasn't what i was seeking but still you had to go through it and it was almost like here's a person who had to go through it themselves to really that was really like their their uh in their prime that's what was going on so i'm going to make you go through that as well yeah and so we're always kind of pushing our experience on the next generation, it's almost like I need you to appreciate how hard it was for me and, and your little whippersnapper, uh, you know, snapper, you got, <laughs> it's too easy for you, you know, but, but maybe yeah. it's also like, and I don't understand your opportunities. Like, it's kind of like, you know, my grandpa trying to use a phone, you know, trying to use a cell phone, you know, so go, <laughs> a little challenging. So they don't under necessarily understand all the complexities that come with the ease. Yeah, Like they don't have to do it as manually, but there's also, they have to, maybe we have to be willing to be very dynamic today. Mm -hmm. We have to dive into a bunch of opportunities. We can't just, uh, you know, get one profession, and expect that profession and that competency to just take me for the next, you know, until I retire. Yeah. You know, you gotta be really flexible, especially with like AI coming up and saying, Hey, I can, I can replace you. Okay. I gotta find something else to be then really quickly here. Yeah. And so you gotta be a little more cooking your feet. You hit it on a really important
0: topic and that is the whippersnapper. Yeah. Topic, uh, teaching at the university. I found myself, I think, fortunately we deal with technology. So we understand the speed of it and we understand our curriculum changes basically every year. Right. Yeah. But you still kind of hang on to some things. And I've, I've noticed that with myself and it's because I do find them important still, but there's also this little, you know, devil on my shoulder saying, yeah, this is important right now. It's not going to be in two. You know, you know, it's coming, but you still, you still have that curriculum that you're like, all right, well, we're talking about this. And then your brain's going, yeah, this might be the last year we get to talk about this. Uh, But I I do think that universities just in general, that's something that they're dealing with is some of these, you know, tried and true sort of curriculums and, and course foundations. They're not as useful as they were. And instead of really getting into overhauling everything, they just kind of stick with it. And you see the instructors and professors getting a little bit more agitated because of these whippersnappers and not understanding the, what they had to go through and hanging on to it. Yeah. Um, and we see that all the time. You know, there's just kind of this divide. And I think there's truth kind of in both arenas, though, too, sure. is there is a, a truth to making sure you learn some of these important fundamentals. But it's also true from the student perspective to say, yeah, but contextually, I don't know if I'm going to be using this as
1: much as you think yeah, I am. Is, is this really empowering me to operate in a world where I have to compete with AI? I have yeah. to learn how to use it or be basically run over by it. Yeah. You know, exactly. so, so can we talk about that? And th- then that's back to your, uh is it okay to to maybe originate the thought, get, get the rough out and say, this is what I want to communicate and then letting an AI uh, chatbot come through and. Yeah, I'll put all of the uh the grammar rules to that or the mm-hmm. uh the referencing standard guidelines. I forget what those are called, but they were awful to memorize. <laughs> um you probably know what they are, but uh
0: No, well that's the thing is it kind of going back to the earlier part of our conversation, it it's it's what you can and should retain in your own computer that you have in your head, you know. If if you're not using it every day, you drop it. That part atrophies, you don't yeah, use it. it or lose it. Yeah. And that's, that's true. And I think that with even just having Google, right. It's its own AI. And and I know I can Google certain things. So my brain won't retain it, even though I've done it, you know, 20, 30 times. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, well, it exists on YouTube, right? Like this specific thing, you know what that, you know what that video is. So you don't need to actually keep it in here. And it's sometimes frustrating when I just want to do it. But then a lot of the, the minds right now in school, that's what they're, connected with is they have these these other means of storage and it's so accessible yeah so but then it's like why are you grading someone why are you so worried about them using ai from a university standpoint when you know that they're not going to retain 70 percent of this stuff in the next five years in the next 20 you know with each year that passes basically they'll drop even more it's like so why Give them such a hard time about it.
1: You know? yeah, teach them to be AI savvy, because
0: <laughs> exactly. that's
1: what their employer is going to want from them. I mean, if that's if yeah. that's where we're choosing to go. But yeah, I guess there's there's always kind of a a little bit of a lag, and yeah. you, then you catch up. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. How do we hang on to our humanity, our past, our? I'm glad I don't have to program using punch cards. You know, yeah. I'm glad <laughs> we, we've moved on, and and I think uh, I am optimistic that AI will continue to be more helpful than not. And that we will continue mm-hmm. as long as we're kind of flexible and willing to adapt and see the opportunity and flex to that, it can help us get to to new places completely unimaginable. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of really cool opportunity there. So I'm hopeful. I get it's scary. And and it's scary to me sometimes too. I don't know what the, f- yeah. the future looks like from that point of view, but uh, you know, I, I'm confident in humanity that we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, I I'm right with you. I think that AI is a little spooky because there is a change. You're going to see a lot of people freaking out for a while, but I do think in the long run, it's about embracing it, knowing how to use it, knowing how to navigate, and then also being self-aware as you go through the process. And you might learn a little bit more about humanity. You might learn a little bit more about yourself, and the true future might be a little bit more clear. Mm. You know, with all of these tools kind of firing up and and what you really need to be in your life and the type of human you need to be. And it'll it'll teach you to hang on to the stuff that probably really matters and let go of the stuff that um, are kind of those uh, you know false idols in a way, the things that you, you think you're supposed to be and sure. what, what gives you, you value, but those are typically not the things that are, give you true value. Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe next week we'll just type into chat GPT um, podcast episode on... Whatever, and we'll let AI give the next episode.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll just read it.
1: Yeah, or we'll just get get an AI bot to read it for us. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be good. All right, guys, the last human episode of uh, Jurassic Unicorn. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) it was. It was good while it It lasted. That's for sure. Good run.
1: (laughs) Thanks, AI. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening folks Uh, you can continue the conversation over on reddit we have a subreddit jurassic unicorn
0: we've also got instagram we've got youtube you can check the links in the description and find us there
1: yeah all right take care see everybody